<laughs> it's Halloween Four: Return of Michael Myers. That's Danny. I'm Hi. Lance. What? Hi. I think he said five. We're like, we're not talking about five. No, no, no. It's four. It's and four. I say hi. 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 All right, Danny. Give us the pumpkin spice latte version of Halloween four. Halloween four. The fourth installment of the Halloween franchise. Aptly titled Halloween four. The return of Michael Myers. We have had a, an installment part three without Michael Myers. The studio has said. Come back, Michael. Come you back. are our bread and butter. Yep. So, absolutely. Uh, the story picks up on a uh, post Laurie Strode world where her now orphaned and adopted daughter, Jamie Lloyd, played by the wonderful Danielle Harris, uh, has been. Uh, so, that is Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode's character. Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis's <laughs> character's daughter. But in the lore, Jamie Lee Curtis has died. Uh, Laurie Strode has died. Laurie Strode, yes. Laurie died. Strode has died and... In a fatal ja car accident. Yeah, and Jamie Lloyd has been adopted by... The, yeah, by the Lloyds. Lloyds. So now um, <laughs> it picks up in an insane asylum where Michael Myers has been under heavy sedation. Uh, head is wrapped because the last time we saw him, he was burning to a crisp. And now he is being transferred from uh, one sanitarium to another, uh, all the while not being, nobody has told Dr. Loomis. While he's being transferred, they let, let slip that he has a niece. He is then activated, escapes, kills everyone, and it is now the hunt for Jamie Lloyd by Michael Myers. And her protector uh, is to be a Sheriff Meeker and a returning Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis in a scarred version, a little bit more kooky. So uh, this uh, is it a return to Haddonfield, a return to Michael Myers, and a return to what we all fell in love with to begin with. That's right. This is going to be another love fest for us because we both love this film. Uh, it's, so, it's so nice to have Michael back, but we're getting a great version of Michael. I said on two shows ago, Halloween 2, my favorite. Halloween four, which is both of our one of our favorites, does not happen without Halloween two. So Danny, tell me a little bit more about Halloween four. What well, do you like? well, you see, Lance, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still defending Halloween two till the day you I can, die. And so. you can, and and it's fine because I, I mean, I end up I I love I love Halloween two as well, but Halloween four is one of my favorite installments in the movie in the movie franchise that is Halloween, but especially because of what it meant to a young Danny Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jamie Lloyd in this uh, movie played by Danielle Harris was about 10 years old. Uh, and behind the scenes, Danielle has said that she is turned, she had her 11th birthday on set uh, back in 1994, 95. There was a young little 10 year old as well named Danny Gonzalez who was picking up his Halloweens and watching them. <laughs> and, uh, Around that time, uh, not supposed to be watching it, so I'm looking for comfort because uh, it's a scary movie. Right. So I'm young watching these movies and kind of looking for anything that I can attach myself to and, and, and hold dear. And one of the things was me being a 10-year-old, kind of thinking that the other 10-year-old in the movie was pretty. Yeah. I, I, got a, I developed a big crush on Danielle Harris's character of Jamie Lloyd and then 
it would be Daniel Harris, period. So same, uh, same, same, same here. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to navigate, Lance, because you're you're having to talk about having a crush on that age of a person but right. at when i developed it i was that age and not only that but you're saying 94 95 this movie came out in 88 right done in 88 so she was at that point she was only 10 and 11 so we're seeing her at that age we're at that age but also i, I talked about this earlier the saturation of daniel harris right like, she was a good and big uh, uh actress like a child actress yeah so she's in um, the Roseanne uh, TV show. She's in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dad. She's in a lot of things at different ages, and she's right. getting older. And we're seeing just the saturation of Daniel Harris. So our fandom and our little crushes are well justified. Right. We just wanted to we go wanted into that. to come off that creepy. If they aren't creepy already, well, if they are, I can't. Yes. I'm not going to apologize because I know what's right. That's right. Um, we still crush on her a little bit. I mean, healthy. But, but then healthy our crushes way. started evolving with her because do you remember her in Urban Legends? Yes. She had that very the the, the goth character with yeah. the, with the black lipstick, and we're, we're she's seen Daniel Harris grow up. We're growing up with her. Um, and I guess it's, it's true for any sort of actors that you grow up watching. You kind of age with them or you, right. you want to age with them. And it's like they were there in your most intimate moments in the sense of like, I went to Halloween 4 and 5 because they were safe for me to feel like I had a place. You know, right. I was a young horror fan. I was a, a it wasn't it, horror movies aren't really loved and appreciated as much as you know your blockbuster your actions and your dramas that were uh, and whatnot you know but you know horror has its place and at the time uh i come from i'm from the little town in south texas it was not that big of a deal like people didn't really uh, you know there weren't the fandoms that you see nowadays yeah. and if they were they were behind closed doors because it you know we weren't as connected as we are today absolutely yeah i remember i was way too young to be watching these movies and be such a huge fan at that time and then when you are you have no one to talk to about it except right. like maybe your family who introduced you to it but all the other kids are in a power rangers or another pokemon maybe or something yeah. at that time like yeah i didn't connect to that i was like let me tell you about michael myers and everyone's like what yeah you know i mean they don't it, see that. it was definitely a stigma but then you're like but if i could see this this little pretty girl and she's my age maybe there's a space place <laughs> for me it's as hokey and it cheesy was, as it is but it's true it, it was, was adolescent voice coming in right now yeah a little, a little bit. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i could see the i could i could see my my house my room i can i can <laughs> it was the 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 sun was setting i you know because i would I, I wasn't too adventurous yet. I was still pushing it. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I can't watch it at night. Night. I don't want to like die because right. I was still scared, you know? <laughs> so I like, I would push it each time. Okay. The sun is setting. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I could get, get away with it and then still like feel like I watched it at nighttime or whatever. But <laughs> Halloween four re, uh, introduced me to Daniel Harris and introduced us uh, to a um, awesome new replacement and or second version or, Pepsi to your Coke of a sheriff in the form of Sheriff Meeker. Yes, Meeker. Uh, Meeker is introduced in the movie as being um, Brackett's replacement because Brackett, as said in Halloween 4, has retired. He's retired. He's moved away. Moved away. And now we've got Ben Meeker, played by Bo Starr, who was a former football player. I can tell. And you see him, you just like... Broader shoulders and... Uh... <laughs> yeah, broader shoulders than Tom Wil uh, Tom Atkinson. Atkins, yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, 
I was gonna say Tom Wilkinson. I'm like, that's a totally different movie. Yeah. Um, nope. <laughs> but no, I mean, both stars. Like, as soon as he comes around the little corral where you where he's introduced, I mean, there's just so, a sense of security that you yes. have. Security is the word I was trying to search for right now. Like, you automatically know, like, oh, this guy. I would go behind this guy's back and, and cover him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I got your back, man, but I totally believe that you are going to help us through this. There's no Keystone Cops in the Halloween series until the next episode. But um, <laughs> but that was one thing I talked about from the very beginning is that the sheriffs are pretty on it. We don't get Keystone Cops in this. And Meeker is just this great sheriff that you're like, oh, I want him to be the sheriff of my town. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, you actually feel the security with him. And it's so important to the to the movie, to the franchise, and, and everything else that comes along in this movie. And it, what's what's also very important is how there isn't a relearning of the story, right? Because as soon as Loomis comes in to you know warn the townspeople that Michael has escaped and is returning, uh, he goes straight to the to the sheriff station. So he and he looks for Sheriff Brackett because that's what he that's should what be looking knows. for. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Meeker comes around and he's like. Um, you know, I, I'm Meeker. I'm, you know, I'm the new sheriff. And Loomis is about to introduce himself, and he goes, "Oh, sheriff, I'm Doctor Sam Loomis. Yeah, he knows who he is. We don't need to relearn the wheel. He's like, folks around this town are likely to forget your face. Yep. So, and that confidence locks you in immediately. Yeah, the story to everything going on, and again, the legend of Michael Myers and Loomis and all this kind of stuff. Because up until now, Loomis is the driving force of any security. I mean, mm -hmm. I know Brackett was, you know, uh he's the sheriff and he runs the town and you feel like he's got your back, but who fired any shots ever at Michael Loomis, Loomis. whoever got into it with Michael, like as far as the bracket is never like in the, in, you know, he never sees Michael as a matter of fact, he never sees Michael. No. Um, so now when Loomis comes in and Meeker comes around and just kind of introduces himself that way to Loomis, it's almost like, Okay, I could. Loomis is again. He's scarred from the burns from right. Halloween Two, uh, which kind of you know they 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 fluctuate throughout the movie. You know they got the 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 button prosthetic or like it, it just. You, you know. heard the story about his girlfriend, Loomis's girlfriend, uh, Donald no. Pleasance. No, she saw some of the dailies and like, oh, Donald, you've got a fried egg on your on your face. <laughs> And that got around and they actually changed the prosthetic. So there's only one or two where he actually has this like, the, it's like a hard boiled. Egg yeah. 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 I mean, they called face. it the, in the commentary. I saw they called the button and I know the film, first of all, um, I mean, we'll gush over and over about Meeker, but like, and I'll just put a, a point on that is that when you, when he's introduced, when he introduces himself, you're like, oh, you're the badass. Yeah. So we could kind of give Loomis a little bit of a pass. He's the new sheriff in town. Yeah essentially yeah i mean exactly um but about the movie itself the movie was under the gun from the beginning to get completed uh the writer um i have his name uh the writer who wrote uh who wrote halloween 4 is uh alan mcelroy mm -hmm. he was hired to write the movie but he only had 11 days to do it because the WGA, the, the Writers Guild, was about to go on strike. And when that happens, that means everything shuts down Done. for the writers, right? right? So he had 11 days with him and director Dwight Little, who was a fan of the franchise. How awesome. He saw Halloween 1 when he was in film school. Like, come on. Like, 
Yep. Yeah, if you're going to be influenced by anything while you're in film school, watch right. you know, So we have original. two excited guys coming into this, writing right. it and, and developing the actual film. Again, like the labor of love that Halloween 1 was, we're going to get that with four. And wanting to make sure that it had, that it was done right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all you want to ask of anybody who's going to be associated with any of these right. franchise installments. So 11 Days literally was able to finalize the script and submit it hours before the the strike went into effect <laughs> it was just like something that should have never come together but did come together and then um they were sh they shot in salt lake city um it's got a, a better suburban vibe to it than perhaps a pasadena california but it's about the same i think yeah they still shot it in the springtime which again you know because you want to get they shot in the spring and they had it out by october of that year of 88 right but the opening is an overcast day and they they show all those fall colors and right the the opening's so cool because it is the harvest season which we've talked about a couple times during this the franchise talk and it's such a slow opening and it's like are we getting are we really getting back into hattonfield in that way of like okay everything's at peace but here comes halloween yet again mm -hmm. and is Michael part of this now? I mean, well, we've I mean, had a huge gap. So it would be really, really fucked up if they called it the return of Michael Myers and then they <laughs> yeah. didn't give him to us. Can you imagine? I know, I know. but but right, we we haven't seen Michael Myers since eighty one. We got it. Uh, right, we got Halloween three with no Myers in eighty two, I believe. So now this is nineteen eighty eight, and we're bringing Myers back. And the opening is just this really drawn out, slow, um, just. It's like um, it's, it's ominous. It's right. Like and a, then it throws yeah. you right into the darkness. And that's one thing I thought about this movie is like there's a really dark tone just to start. Yeah. When, when we're in the asylum. I think there's something and we've talked about this again about these uh, these autumn themes and these the end of the harvest and, you know, things are, 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 are dying in a sense like the crops are, are, are you know, mm -hmm. ready to be picked and there's barren lands and it's that turnover that like in a sense it's like like the good is leaving yeah like when that when when halloween 4 opens and they got alan howarth back from his uh, collaboration with john carpenter on halloween 3 to do the music when it when it starts it's very just there's like it's almost like feedback almost, but it, there, there, there's some yeah. like, ooh, and a lot of like open air <sighs> yeah, and ghostly sort of the feel that you get from a traditional season change. Yes. Right. Um, so well done. It, 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 it brings you in, but it, it's unlike any other Halloween movie where we got the theme right away. Mm -hmm. You know, the credits were the theme. This credits was like, just uh, a lot of like, we're going to ease you back, but we're, yeah. well, well, when we get you, we're going to get you. Exactly. That was the thing that we kind of needed. was like, let's get back into Hattonfield and right. figure this out because it's new. It's going to be new. It's a whole new creator and everything coming into this. So yep. it was a great ease into that. And then boom. Yeah. Well, like the, the story is a new story. It's the idea that we're going to continue the family trope because he's apparently they're flirting with the idea that it's his family that he's after. So now Jamie Lee's Laurie Strode died in a car accident. Right. Um, so he should be at rest, which is why he hasn't done anything. He's been able to do something this whole time lying in that hospital bed right. uh be, you know heavily bandaged and arms burned but in that transport 
in the ambulance, the EMTs are, or the yeah the the transferers are going over his paperwork and they're discussing it right over his body and they let loose that he's got you know any living relatives yeah a niece living in Haddonfield and you just see his hands yeah. just fist up he said it activated he's he, yeah, activated. He, he's activated so now they're gonna now we're jumping deep into it we're gonna jump deep into the family thing right. if there's a relative that I'm I have to get them mm-hmm. either have to kill them or I have to capture them or whatever but right. um yeah so he breaks out of that ambulance in the most heinous way like it's a it's a really grotesque kill that we really hadn't seen since i mean i'm sorry we hadn't seen before right yeah he's literally using his thumb Mm -hmm. into somebody's skull eye area and that was actually one of the reshoots or or uh um additions it was like an insert it was an an insert later they were just uh you know just i I don't know if they were short or they were just like trying to add some more shock value to it yeah yeah well it adds i mean right away that sends a message like this guy is not to be messed with he's back on his path his mission or whatever it is now that he knows there's this niece they conveniently dropped it on his lap and now he knows where to go and he's activated and it's game over yep. you know oh, it is it is um, and of course they're they're transporting them on halloween the eve of halloween i believe the eve, yeah october 30th convenient but and convenient that, that nobody told loomis which is a big thing yeah you know, loomis is still his doctor right and they tr- even mention it they're like yeah. dr loomis should be here and whoever it, uh, his name is hoffman who uh, is the same actor who played ivan drago's mouthpiece <laughs> Evolution, isn't it, gentlemen? I love that guy. <laughs> the genetics. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, he plays a really good uh, suit. You know, suit. He's, he's, yeah. he's, these suits who are like, uh, just uh, this is not. He hasn't moved in over seven years. You know, his his muscles will be useless. And Loomis, the harbinger of death, essentially the uh, the all telling prophet who has developed a limp because he's burned and scars like i said is now extra over the top he's Mm -hmm. all he was already on the edge i think he's at even further off the edge he's he's a little bit more crazy there's a there's a look in his eye but the same old loomis charm in the sense of how he delivers exactly his descriptions of michael are still on point yep the uh the the calmness that he has when he goes and finds the ambulance, goes inside, walks through the water to get there. You know, there's like nobody else that's investigating this no. crime scene is in the water, but Loomis goes for it. I like that direction. You kind of mentioned like there's a one take on that. Yeah, well, maybe there was some uh, director mentioned because uh, Loomis has to walk away through the water, right? So that was like uh, there was some convincing to get him into the, you know, walk into right. this lake. And he was like, well, okay, well, make sure you get it on the first take because I'm going to do this over and right. over again. But then he goes to the back of the ambulance with the door swung open. There's blood, and he has that calmness that Loomis kind of always has, which is he's gone. And it's just this. Well, it, it's there's uh, not only like a struggle, but this exhaustion and the. Here we go again. Here we go. <laughs> like it, he's gone. It's funny because what would make a normal man or person rather curdle uh having seen what was in that ambulance because we only see the remnants there could we it's pretty it's pretty much in inferred that loomis sees the bodies mm-hmm. torn up and he just has a yep he's gone 
He was here, but he's gone now. It was like if anybody else had looked at that ambulance, they'd be like, Ugh! you know, because right. it was like it was it was a everything was torn up. It was because of Michael, and then of course the crash. So Loomis is again. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. Got to head to Haddonfield. <laughs> I'm off. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. no, and nobody still nobody's believing him, which is fine. Right. Um, but again, he has that exhaustion, which we kind of we're talking about on a personal level, away from this stuff. Like when you constantly are saying the same thing over and over again, and you never get that validation from people and things are continuing to happen the way you said they were going to happen. You have an exhaustion where you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll just deal with uh, all of this again. Do it again. Go Here get go. the sheriff and try it again. So it was a very real moment. And again, yeah. Donald Pleasance, God bless him oh, for yeah. his delivery on all these things. I mean, because it, 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 you see him, you hear him, you know, you're in a Halloween movie and you know, you're in a, Michael Myers Halloween movie. Yeah. So you're excited already. I mean, you've seen Michael, but you haven't seen the mask yet. Not yet. Uh, which is a, which is a thing. Um, it's always a thing. If don't let the poster confuse you because the poster will show the, uh, Halloween one mask, the 78 mask, uh, the 78 mask. Very look, looking very good. A uh, full page of it. As a matter of fact, it there looks it fantastic. Is. There it is. Um, as a matter of fact, that's what, uh, was the, sort of template to where my uncle was able to do that. Oh, really? He used, he used that as the template. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, um, but we've seen, we've seen Michael in, a, in, in the bandages and, and, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a, we're getting started again. We almost got to get the gear one more time. So we see him go to a filling station, get, Get the coveralls. Mm -hmm. um, how does he get them? They're not hanging on a rack. He has to kill somebody to get them. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. You got to build those health bars again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that idea that he's like, oh, I'm uh, I'm vulnerable right now. Let me get my coveralls. Let me get my weapon. Let me get my mask. Let's go, baby. Power up. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> um, what's so good is, uh, is in Halloween's before, they had waited to give us Loomis and Michael having a face-to-face -to -face towards the end of the movie. Not yeah, this time. Very true. This time we're early on. Um, Loomis is on the trail, basically heading to Haddonfield, decides to stop for gas at that filling station as well. Uh, and he sees it's pretty barren. Oh, but I love how they like the winds blowing. And it's like it, it, you could feel you could feel the chill of the air come through the TV. As, as, as corny as that sounds, you can. Because it's almost like. You, 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 there's fields around and the fields have been, you know, harvested, have been tilled and, you know, the, the, the wind's blowing and there's some dust and there's some fog and all that stuff. You're like, I can feel the wit, what he's feeling right now. And of course he's walking with a trench coat. So it's like, yeah, there's some chill in the air. But he walks into this filling station and dear God, of course, finds <laughs> that Michael has left mayhem in his wake and he knows he's, he knows he's like, oh, Michael's been here. But he... It's not only been there, he's still there. Yes. And we have a face-to-face -face between Loomis and Michael early on in the movie. Yeah. And it's iconic. Oh, Again, yeah. we're going to use the word at least once every probably film except five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Resurrection. Yeah. Um, but there's that iconic moment. You mentioned Vertigo. I mean, they, they meant to kind of go back and capture this great moment. Right. It's and the Vertigo shot. Yeah. It is the Vertigo shot. Michael's in this is in the kitchen through a hallway door. It's just this great moment, and he's just standing there, stoic. Mm -hmm. But he's got the bandage on. He does not have the classic Michael Myers mask. It's something I want to talk about because I think this movie would have had even more identity to it and been even better in my book 
if he had this rap until later in the movie because there's something really cool and mysterious about the rap even like you know it's michael at this point you know a little bit about michael um having that mask or having that rap on his face and what he's kind of been through i think would have been really cool the other thing is i feel like with what had happened in hattonfield at that point you wouldn't you would not find that mask anywhere right right and later in the movie we have the knockoff michaels which i'm jumping ahead but who cares um you have the knockoff michaels i would have loved to get michael to that point take out one of those guys and take their mask like they're they're masks that are not supposed to be had in hattonfield right i just would have loved to not have seen it in a store and him just grab it off the rack kind of a thing it's true it's true i mean it's a little thing but no i mean because i I think i think obviously hindsight's 2020 and i think there are like different moments where you can you feel that like uh the the grandiose of the moment can be played up a lot more absolutely I, Mm -hmm. i totally see what you're what what you mean um getting back to the actual the mask itself You'll see if you watch the movie, doesn't look anything like the original Shatner mask. Um, is because that mask is gone. <laughs> the original Shatner mask is uh, after Halloween two. Um, I believe uh, they said Dick Warlock, who played Michael Myers, went home with the scalpel, the mask, the coveralls, everything. He just like because they were like, we're done. We're not going to make any more Michael Myers movies. It's this is it. Yeah. Um, obviously, never say never because well, we're here in twenty twenty and we have one coming out next year. Crap. Um, so the point is, is that I don't know if the mask that they went with was an inability to recreate the original or just the fact they're like, this is what he picked up. It's as close. It's what's available. Mm-hmm. It, this is the again, you make total sense. Why would they have the Michael Myers mask, the one that he used to kill people? Why would they have it just like in circulation? It doesn't right. make sense to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but then again. Who knows? Maybe they do. So whatever he when he does grab the mask to finally put it on, it's when he has his first encounter with Jamie Lloyd, who herself is shopping for Halloween uh, attire. Right. Um, so now on to Jamie, this poor little soul of a, of a character. My gosh. First of all, has is been having, you know, night terrors, nightmares. Uh, about about Michael Michael but no she wouldn't know what he looks like but she has a night terror really early on of him appearing to her in the mask Mm -hmm. and scaring her obviously and this is like um, this is referenced by who would end up being one of the best heroines of the whole franchise her stepsister Rachel played by Ellie Cornell yes um when she sees her that she's awake, she's like, you're going for the all time record and the staying up, you know, multiple nights in a row. So she obviously has sleeping problems. So that alludes to the fact that she's having a a tough time. And it's probably every, every Halloween, this kid probably goes through something, you know, maybe because there's, you know, something inherent, like psychologically with the family, Mm -hmm. or there's just the fact that like, maybe she just, feels bad that her mom is you know she knows that her mom is jamie lee curtis's character and of lori and yeah and that she just misses her so the, the jamie lloyd is going through a lot not to mention that she feels she feels a little bit of an as a little bit of an outsider she talks to rachel and says do you love me like a real sister knowing that they're stepsister so like 
there's a lot at play with this char- with yeah. this character already, and this is a young kid going through so much. Yeah, absolutely. She gets bullied in school, and my my thing was always like, how does she see this image of Michael? How does she know what it looks like? And there's right. there's a connection scene where she goes into her closet, and as a child at the same age, terrified me just going her going into the closet because we connect to this younger uh, character, right? So. Whenever I go in a closet alone in the dark, like I was terrified. Yeah. So I'm watching her do it in this dream sequence. She pulls out photos of Lori Strode, her mom. Right. So then we have those. Later on, Michael comes back around, knocking around in Hattonfield and goes into Jamie's house, goes into her room. Looking for her. Yeah. Looking for Jamie, finds the photos, which are spread out exactly like they were in the dream. And who knows what parts were dream? Sure. Sure. I mean, the way it was filmed, but. Again, we get the playful Michael, in my opinion, where we get his little hand, and it's doing this little thing. His burnt, crusty hand kind of does this little twirl and goes, mm, this one, starts poking yeah. around photos of Lori and all, and picks up, I think, a photo of himself in a clown. He, yeah, which is also which is also very strange. Yes. Why would she have a photo of Michael right. in his clown costume? But she does, and he sees it, turns it around. Like, must have been from the sealed file. Oh, uh, yes. Halloween, too. It must have floated around there (laughs) (laughs) but it does seem odd that she would have a picture of michael even at a young age um i don't think that that's if you're if your uncle's the boogeyman boogeyman (laughs) jamie's uncle's a boogeyman you'd probably avoid looking at shit try to move on from it um by the way that jingle is because when lance mentioned right now that she's bullied yeah she's being bullied in school by these little piece of shit kids who are just like hurling the worst most heinous insults in the hallway as if nobody could hear them as if it's just private time and they're just like jamie's mommy's a mummy your mommy's dead right jamie okay asshole what the hell's your problem (laughs) like how is that even like that's like over the top bullying so right but it's funny because you go back 10 years to the original halloween and john carpenter put in a bullying scene with tommy and he even kind of says like back then i wasn't you know, it was kind of like a whatever thing, but nowadays it's so glamorized and that happens all the time. All these little kids are getting bullied. So we revisit that scene and it's heinous. These kids are awful. There's they cut. They're trying to cut like cut deep. They're trying to, they're like, Jamie, your uncle's the boogeyman. Your mommy's dead. How come your mommy didn't make you a costume? Jamie, Jamie's an orphan. What, who, who are you demon kids? Like, So they run her out of the school. She's crying, poor girl. I feel I hate that part because there is a there is a a an a it's an innocence in Jamie's eyes, yes. in Daniel Harris's eyes, that is so you hits you hard in the in in, in really in the heart. Like mm-hmm. when she's crying, running away because and she's just begging them to stop. It's just like heartbreaking because like for lack of you know for all intents and purposes she's not gone through she hasn't done anything right. she's just a product of her environment of her family yeah and these kids are just dicking with her so she like, they run her out of the school and she's like trying to calm herself down by the tree like doing these like self-talk uh count to 10 breathing exercises that a nine 10 year old shouldn't be doing she's like you're okay you're okay what the hell i wasn't doing that <laughs> That's so true. Like you said, like she's not even wearing a Halloween costume. So at this point, she's just like this innocent little girl wearing pink overalls, blah, 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 running, running around because she's being bullied. 
And then what does she want to do when she goes home? I want a costume, you know. Like she, yeah, she gets picked up by thing. she gets picked up by Rachel, who you know earlier they had a little bit of a tiff uh, or a weird moment where Rachel wants to go on a date and they ask her to babysit Jamie and she like that they being her parents, uh, who's the dad? We have to has an issue. That let's just talk about the dad real quick. Yes, the dad's getting ready. They're making breakfast in the morning and the dad is wearing a, t- a tie, dunks the tie in the coffee, turns around to his wife, and he's like, Darlene, <laughs> like it's her fault that he dunked his own tie in the fucking coffee, and he's so pissed, and she's like, oh, okay, let me help you. I'm like, okay, abusive father. Like, But anyway, <laughs> they have this conversation with uh, Rachel asking her to babysit Jamie because their babysitter that they had planned out, again, the babysitter trope is yeah. back and alive and well, uh, bailed because she sprained her the babies have sprained the ankle okay rachel had plans with brady that's right she had plans with brady and you're gonna ruin the plans of brady so now she's like oh my is it grady grady brady 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 she wants to go out with brady and um damn it uh going out with brady and um but now she can't and she's like, so my future, my future husband, your, my children, your grandchildren are all compromised because I have to babysit. Throw in a tiff, being a typical teen, Jamie overhears everything. Right. And Jamie gives her the saddest delivery of any line ever. Sorry, I ruined everything. If I was here, you could go out. Ooh. God. So Rachel feels like shit. And now has yeah. got to play the big stepsister and says, you know what? I'm going to pick you up from school and we'll go get ice cream. And we'll go get you a Halloween costume. And Jamie's like, I don't want to. I don't want to do Halloween. I don't want to go trick-or-treating. It's stupid. I hate it. Okay, fine. We'll go get ice cream. And Jamie's like, double scoops? <laughs> Your favorite line. It is. I uh, went to the Halloween 30th convention, had Daniel Harris sign a limited edition Halloween 410 double scoops. One of my favorite lines. Double scoops. Because it's like, all right, okay, double scoops. Fine. Push it. You know, I'm already, I'm already mad because I can't see Brady. Anyway, she picks her up from school and... Jamie, after being bullied by these kids, is like, I want to go trick-or-treating like the other kids now. Yeah. So, like, what what causes that change? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, I mean, what is it? Like, as a kid, you want to, like, oh, no, I'm going to show these kids up? It's, it's what you were just saying. Like, she feels like the outcast, right? So, all the other kids are doing this. So, they're bullying me for not doing it. Now, I want to do it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a normal kid because they treat me like I'm not. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, for sure. To me, though, I just would want to steer as clear away from these asshole kids. I hate them. I hate them. Yeah. I hate these kids so much because nothing has changed. It's still just as bad. It's all virtual, though. But anyway, so she decides <laughs> she wants to get a costume, right? So, you know, they give her the ultimatum, which is so funny to me because you can't. It's like when you, you know, Charles or Loomis, our 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 pets, can't say no to them with their puppy dog eyes. So nope. they say, or um, Rachel says, "Do you want to go to the discount mart to get your costume, or do you want to go to the Dairy Queen?" And she throws it to Jamie, and Jamie's like, "Discount Mart. Can we go get ice cream afterwards?" <laughs> and I was like. Look, bitch, don't push your luck. But it's like, of course, I'm going to help you out. So they go to get their cost, uh, Jamie's costume at the discount mm-hmm. mart. And um, we have the interaction between Jamie and Michael because he happens to be costume shopping as well, <laughs> looking for his mask. That's very true. It is. There's That's his what, mask. Yeah. Um, He's costume shopping. Yeah. 
It's the only reason they bump into each other, right? I know. Michael's like, oh, my uh, God, you're here? <laughs> it's so weird. I'll just get into mass for tonight. <laughs> I'll see you later, right? I'll see you later. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's in her DNA or if she got the, mes- the, the message from, you know, the other beyond or the connection she has with Michael. But what costume does she pick out? It's clown costume. Clown costume. Just and like H1. When she puts it up against herself and looks in the mirror, she sees an image of Michael as the clown with the bloody knife. Yeah. So why would she see that? Why would she still pick that costume? It's in her DNA. It's right. inherent. Some yeah. things are the way they are. Yeah. Maybe she caught the murder gene. <gasps> oh. Anyway. Murder genes. Uh, we meet a couple of auxiliary characters. Those are fun. Yeah. Um, ish. Ish. Apparently, Tommy's a part of this. Tommy Doyle from the first one. If you look at the Halloween canon, he has no lines, I believe. Right. Puts out a. Uh, he says, "Watch out, uh, watch out, Wade. That's Sheriff Meeker's daughter." That's right. I think that's what he says. Wade goes after Sheriff Meeker's daughter, who's uh, you're a big fan of. Yeah, Kathleen Kinmont. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, you know, you also got to realize uh, if I'm. 10, 11 years old. I'm a preteen, you know, some kids develop earlier than others. So like, um, <laughs> what am I talking about? Uh, but Kathleen Kinmont is the, uh, homewrecker character. Uh, you know, she's, uh, she works with Brady. Who's all, who works at Vincent drug, which yes. Rachel was trying to avoid, but now Rachel gets to tell Brady, Hey, can't hang out with you tonight. Got to babysit Jamie. So we have a bit of, a, of an issue here where Brady's like, all right, you want to blow us? You want to blow me off? You blow me off. Brady's an asshole. Yeah. He totally like screws Rachel over and decides to hop onto the next best thing, which is uh, Kathleen Kinmont's uh, character. What's her, what's her name in the, in the movie? Cops do it by the book. Uh, some uh, obviously Meeker. She's Sheriff Meeker's daughter. Which the tr- the story of having the sheriff's daughter be a central character continues. Annie Brackett now uh, daughter Meeker. <laughs> daughter Meeker. <laughs> but I know her real name. Um, I just I'm, I'm blank. You brownie points for that. It's yeah. Kelly. Kelly. Kelly Meeker. Kelly Meeker. Uh, so. So that seed has been planted and um, Jamie gets startled by Michael, breaks the glass. But is he there? Is he not there? Anyway, um, she gets her Halloween costume and the, the movie continues. I mean, I love I love the subtlety of the I guess I don't know if it's subtlety, but it's like a slow metamorphosis of Jamie. And now that I'm looking at it, she was slowly going down this path, mm-hmm. seeing these images of Michael, dreaming Michael, having a picture of Michael, seeing him when she like is just looking at the seeing him as a as a as a kid, buying the clown costume, all that makes sense. Yeah. You know? I guess. You I gotta mean, play on the connection. I mean there's just she has visual images of this guy and I mean, even at there's even like the way it's filmed, you almost think, was it just a vision? I mean, was he really in there? But he grabs the mask, so it makes sense in the reality. I think adult Michael was there. Yeah, yeah, I, it makes sense. But again, the way it's filmed, the first two visions or the first two meetings that she has with Michael, it's almost filmed like a dream sequence where you're not quite sure. She recovers pretty goddamn fast. Yeah, from seeing a, a tall dude that she f- saw in her dreams and then shattering a bunch of glass in a right. store. 
And then she still picks the damn costume up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and when she and when they said Jamie, what happened? She just says it was the nightmare man. So it's like yeah. she recognized it from her nightmares, but they're just like, oh, you probably saw a scary mask and you got startled. Right. So you know, they just brush it off. So uh, we see the inner workings now of the Meeker Loomis, you know, partnership. Mm-hmm. But I think we should take a quick, quick little poll here, Lance. Here we go. Are you team? Don't say the answer. Team Meeker or Team Bracket, right? Okay, either Sheriff Bracket from Halloween 1 and 2 or Dan, Sheriff Dan Meeker from Halloween 4 or 5. Like if we're picking our survival squad, who am I picking first? Yeah, like what team are you on? Meeker. 100%. Meeker. 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 (laughs) Meeks. I guess I'd go with Meeker as well. It's just, you, you, you know, Bracket's Bracket. You know, he's the OG, you know? He's the OG, but what has he done? Well, he didn't get a chance to. He may have been a crack shot. Yeah, but we'll never know. And we'll never know. We might know. <laughs> oh my God, no. Yeah. No. Spoiler. No. Um, no. Anyway. Meeker's a badass. He's a, he's my first pick on any team. Yeah, Bostar is a, a, a legitimate badass. That's yes. a, when the guy that's playing Sheriff Meeker's name is Bo Star. Yeah, you know. You want to mess around or not? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> also talk about the the theme. The theme in, in Halloween, now this is completely Alan Howarth, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's it's completely his. Um he's incorporated a lot of more ghostly oohs and ha's and and you know uh desolate tones and whatnot. He's been doing he did the thing with John Carpenter, did Escape, did Halloween three. But what I love and I wrote in my notes this Halloween four theme kicks ass yeah. it gets up and goes you know what i mean yeah. like it's got a now a a uh a bass beat to it so it's like din, 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 and it's it works so well because it almost feels like like you're ready for me i get pumped up i'll run through a wall when i hear that theme, <laughs> yeah. you know but it's like almost like not only is michael around and we're coming for you but when he gets you, it's going to be bad, yeah. you know, because almost like the original theme was it was just piano, you know, yeah. it was like, yeah, the, the, the boogeyman, the ah, the boogeyman is here. Whereas this one is like the fucking boogeyman is here. You right. Know? And another thing about this movie is it's a little more large scale. He goes and takes out the phone lines with Loomis's interaction. Yeah. yeah. Which almost seems like an accident, but like the perfect accident kind of a thing. He, he leaves, shuts down the power. Yeah. He shuts down the, the power with Bucky. Like it becomes a large scale thing. The power is out of Hattonfield. He sets the stage for himself. It's like he's learned. He's progressed in the last 10 years of like, okay, and this is what worked last time. I'm cutting the power of the whole fucking town this time. Yeah. No phones. Fuck, like, fuck y'all. Everything is on my terms this yeah, time around. This is a, a, a more uh, a more cerebral Michael. Yeah. It's a more vicious Michael for sure. Right. And what's the first thing that he does on like his his war path once night kind of starts to fall? Takes out the sheriff's station. Yes. He completely dis- decimates the, uh, the the police force that the, the, the right. sheriff. He takes them all out. There's a station mm-hmm. full with Meeker with like what are six or seven deputies yeah. ready to go. He he decimates the entire station. Right. All you see is the aftermath. And I love that it's shot that way. That like you don't see what he did. You just see what he left in his wake. Right. But because if you, you can't really wrap your head around Michael like showing up at the sheriff's station like, well, I'm going to kill all these guys. You know what I mean? that, like, oh, my God. It's like it's almost like, you know, like it, a. Like a Batman Arkham City sort exactly, of situation. It's exactly how I see it. I'm like, is he an assassin? What is this? You know, and then later on, there's there's a higher force 
for Michael. And it kind of, for me, I was like, maybe he had some help on that one. I don't know. I don't know. If you want, if you like the the higher power and the the extra people helping Michael out, I idea, mean, he's, maybe. He's capable of taking down multiple people. I mean, to jump ahead, but he takes down an armed uh, pickup truck full of, full of uh, armored you know, full of hillbillies. He takes them all out. So he might have been strategic about this. Yeah. Um, if uh, this was five, I'd say that, yeah, everyone helped him. But what, what? I, I was, if this was five, I'd say, yeah, he got help from people. Because <laughs> I think you said everyone humped him. <laughs> everyone humped him as well. Okay. That's why he killed him because they started humping him. They didn't know how to fix it. This is dumb. Uh, uh, but no, but anyway, back on point. It's a bigger, it's a big scale Michael Myers haunt this year. He's taken out the power. He's taken out the phone lines. He's taken out the sheriff's department. And now there's no one else to call for help once the town catches on. Like, hey, something's not right here. Right. Who are you going to call? Ghosts. Not the Ghostbusters. No, just ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> ghosts. 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 Please um, help us. No, what, 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 what is awesome as well is that the whole city listens to Loomis in the sense that like Meeker make sure that you know stuff gets done so when the power goes out you see parents picking up their kids they're like uh-uh here we go again we're not gonna do this shit if <laughs> yeah. it's halloween and it's haddonfield shit's going down so the news station comes on and says you know get your kids lock your you know get behind locked doors you know uh board up your windows all that shit and uh of course much to the dismay of the uh local watering hole with uh earl earl uh, was introduced as a character, uh, his name just Big Earl, and uh, his band of misfits is just these uh, liquored up rednecks with shotguns. And uh, Earl, when he when he he runs a bar and all his you know his friends are there, and he sees that uh, you know the news has said that he got to shut it down. He's like, I ain't shutting down with a good goddamn reason. You yeah, know? that's right. So he calls the sheriff's office, and there's no answer because Michael's decimated it. Right? He has. Right. I mean, the phone lines aren't out yet, but he Earl just. I love this part because Earl is a man of action. You mm -hmm. understand? He's just going to get shit done. It's what these rednecks do, right? It's how we, it's how we are. <laughs> he just calls the sheriff station. No answer. It just rings. Hangs it up. Doesn't say a word. Goes and grabs the Miller Lite. Takes a swig. Puts <laughs> on his hat. Well, come on. And it's time to go. Yeah. And they just go. And they're going to go yeah. and find out what's going on. So you have this other variable these liquored up gung-ho right band of of uh you know country guys who are gonna you know who are trying to figure out what's going on so what's they're on funny the about well. Earl to me is he won't shut down his business but he's the only bartender that we know of and he just leaves well everyone's right, right. the yeah. bar is full which is great oh I mean, yeah he's killing it yeah the bar is hopping yeah. let's go i want to be at earl's bar it's like a roadhouse bar but yeah. yeah no there's some there's some appeal to it you yeah. got the spud mckenzie you know, <laughs> you know you got it all going yeah. on um, so during this point when they're, I think the driving is when the power goes out, we, we yes. come across Bucky. Right. Oh, rest in peace. But see the thing about Bucky and you know, for those hardcore horror fans, you know who I'm talking about. Bucky is this, he got like a cult following by like fans <laughs> who were did. just like, there was like Twitter handles and like groups. It was like Bucky's power station. Bucky is this guy who works at the power uh, grid and he's got his hard hat on and we know his name is Bucky because it says Bucky on his <laughs> on his uh, hard hat. Uh, shout out to my nephew, Bucky, by the way. Um, and Michael is ready to turn the whole, ready to turn the lights out on the whole town. So 
instead of just the traditional way of ripping out stuff, he decides, well, I'm going to just grab Bucky by his you know waist here and toss him into the grid. So he shuts down and destroys the entire grid by, you know, unfortunately throwing a very uh, beloved civil servant in, uh, <laughs> in Bucky. Beloved. Yeah, very beloved <laughs> in just doing his job who tried to stop Michael. No, nah, you're dead, son. So and then, and then from this point on, to me, it feels like Michael's kind of everywhere. He has a presence yep. throughout the town, and he is stalking almost everyone. And it's just that feeling. And then we get these knockoff Michaels who are playing a prank on the sheriff in the worst possible time. Well, which is so interesting about that moment. What happens is that there's uh, Loomis and Michael are ready. They, they have found Rachel and they found Jamie, which, by the way, right before that because jamie and rachel are trick-or-treating and rachel sees brady with right. uh, kelly so they have an argument but jamie continues to trick-or-treat with her new friends who are like "Ooh, nice costume and these asshole kids were bullying her yeah, fuck those kids yeah but they're like oh now you're part of the group so they rachel and jamie get separated it is so well done mm -hmm. when rachel is looking for jamie oh it is unbearably creepy yeah because the, it is shot no music it is just her footsteps the wind same for jamie when they cut back and forth because they're separated everyone else gets picked up by their parents except now rachel cannot find jamie and she's panicking yeah. because she sees the shape yeah. she sees him and she's running all over the place so then what happens is loomis and meeker find rachel and jamie put them in the car ready to take them to safety but here pop up and what when i'm first watching this four michaels yeah. are you kidding me <laughs> it was so scary and it was also so like you'd never seen anyone else you had never seen more than one michael you, yeah. you, nobody would ever don the mask it's like sacrilege um you know so it's like it was so <laughs> so when you see it it's like am i living in a freaking fantasy or a nightmare essentially look at all these michaels so it's these dickheads who are just planning a prank keeping with the tradition of halloween pranks they're playing a prank on the on the sheriff right and i like that moment i thought that would have been a great extra kill for michael to grab the mask again you're playing the prank at the wrong moment yep. there's just been chaos beginning and you're right about that scene because that's when um everyone starts to leave the streets and that's when it starts to feel like michael's presence is everywhere and then literally everywhere is michael they are surrounded by michaels and it's just a terrible prank yep. they drive off and the real michael is right behind them on the trail <laughs> right in the middle of the street <laughs> peripheral vision side view rear view mirrors don't exist yeah kind of but again if they shot, see that but... they'll be like okay it's just, it's another asshole <laughs> but it's a, it's a good shot yeah um let's talk about michael though for a minute george yeah. p wilbur playing him uh aside from the mask is the shape it's, it's a shape it is a shape. It looks like he's wearing pads the whole time. It just, Would you say that he's wearing hockey, hockey pads? pads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is. He they they uh, George Wilbur. Uh, I guess wasn't stature wise what they wanted, so they gave him some. I think he had lifts and as well as the the pads. Yeah, and it looks so unnatural to me. It looks like a he, dummy. He, which later on, there's a big shot of a dummy getting hit by a car. and Right. I mean, that's kind of just how he looked the whole movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, the mask itself also incorporated. Uh, this was probably the first time. Yes, it was the first time they incorporated black screens behind the eyes. 
Oh, okay. Because yeah. one and two didn't it was just shot well that like they didn't have to cover anything. They may have blacked out the eyes with paint, yeah. but I don't and I don't even know if they did that. But this one had screens in front of the eyes so that you could never see. But you never really notice in this film and other films you can five. Um, yeah, and you actually see his eyes blacked out in five. I'm not sure about four. Four he never takes off his mask, but uh, I liked this mask. I think I yeah I, I think it has there's a charm to it it has it's very smooth yeah the hair is slicked back almost it's like I would always say it's like the Perry Como mask you know it's just like <laughs> chill uh, it needs some cheekbones or some some sort of definition to put a little more human into it but um, I like it for the most part you had to recreate it you had to make a new one so sure, sure this is fine his body just kind of weirds me out with the padding and stuff it just doesn't look the human element's gone. Yeah, he, he's he's very statuesque. He's very rigid and 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 um, just he's not. He doesn't have that that Nick Castle. We are so far <sighs> removed from Nick Castle. It feels like eons ago we were talking about this. Yeah, but we're you know we're we're at this point where again it's another stuntman, George Wilbur, who would end up being the only man to play Michael twice. Um, plays him in part six as well, but it. Just there, there's some things that work for it, mm-hmm. um, but there's some, there's like any sort of stock chase is not going to work uh, just because he, he just he walks too too straight like a board essentially. Right. So I don't mind it. I don't just don't still don't think it's the best Michael by far, but no, it's not the worst. It's not the worst, not the best. I enjoy him. He's middle ground. Yeah. I don't know. So now um, we're going to do this. We're going to hunker down at the sheriff's uh, at the sheriff's house, which is primarily where the second act ends and the third act begins um, is at the sheriff's house where uh, Brady and Kelly have been um, canoodling, Canoodling? Um, (laughs) you know, uh, some very gratuitous, uh, not actually not very gratuitous, just very much. uh, hinted at uh, nudity, yeah. not 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 a lot shown. Uh, Kathleen Kinmont, Kelly Meeker's wearing probably one of the most you know recognizable shirts of the Halloween franchise. She's wearing a long shirt that says "Cops Do It by the Book" sure. because her dad's a sheriff. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're messing around when Meeker gets there, and also awkward. Meeker brings Rachel, yeah. so like Rachel has to come in and see Brady and see uh, Kelly and know that they were messing around. I feel like that's such a lesson for young men out there. If you're watching this film, you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. Don't it's, mess around, it's guys. It, don't, it's don't do it. either, you know, just don't be weighed. Just be weighed. Be weighed. <laughs> <laughs> be weighed. Shoot your shot. Get turned down shot, and, li- and live. <laughs> li- live to tell another. Um, yeah. What's tale. so, what's so <laughs> scary about that is because like, you think that they're going to be okay because they're going to hunker down. And what better way than obviously from this badass sheriff's house who's got like CB radios, kerosene lamps. He's got guns. He's got, yep. the he's only got action. He the only thing he doesn't have is a generator, but that's coming next week. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> but what happens? There is one deputy, Deputy Logan, that's still like that isn't one of the killed ones and uh, gets him on the radio. Who They had left at Jamie's house to wait for the parents. And they say, hey, you know, come on over here. Uh, we're going to hunker down. Okay, Logan takes off. But who is chilling in the back of Logan's car? Uh, yeah. Is the shape being, again, more cerebral, more methodical. And that is an 
a wonderful move. Yeah, take me to them. Yeah. So Deputy Logan drives Michael right to where everyone's hunkering down. So you see them lock it up. It's like got a bit of a Night of the Living Dead feel, right? Yeah. It's got that whole like, okay, we're gonna be, we're gonna lock, we're gonna, you know, a padlock the door. This is the only way in and out of here. Like you feel it from me. Right. You're like, we're safe, except for the fact that Michael's already in the house. That's right. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that terrifying? It is. And again, I can go back because this is like the one play, the second playful moment of Michael in my head is like him chilling in the backseat, like. <laughs> He's just like laughing back there. You see his hand on his knees. His knees are bent. He's just laying in the back seat like this fucking idiot. Peripheral Here we go. Side view, rear view mirrors. They don't exist in no, this world. Because all as soon as you turn around to look back as you're backing out of the driveway, there's a motherfucker in my back seat. But he doesn't. Michael just gets there. Oh my god. So um, what a cool concept too is you're locked in the house. There's no way out because. We get to that point. Brady tries to get out. He's like, "We're locked in this fucking no, he, house. He, um, Steel doors. It's 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 a fortress. And what what's whatever is the worst thing about being locked behind the fortress is being locked behind the fortress with the thing you're trying to keep it's, out of the fortress. Exactly. So the evil's in there with them. Um, and in Michael fashion, slowly starts picking people apart. What's so you you're it's it's a screaming at the at the at the screen at the tv screen or at the movie theater screen the silver screen moment loomis is like all right are we all good here all right cool i'm gonna leave and they're like <laughs> why we need your help he's like no michael's out there and i have to find him or whatever he says right and then uh i one of the scariest lines i think and it's in the trailer is loomis delivering this line and deputy logan says let the sh let the state troopers because they're on their way let them handle michael they won't know how to stop him. And then he says, do you know how to stop him? Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. He's like, yeah, maybe nobody does, but I have to try. So by Loomis, one of our defenders is gone. And you know what's going to happen. Michael starts picking everybody apart. Yep. Um, Meeker has to leave as well. So your two top defenders have to leave. Meeker's got to go deal with the rednecks because uh, they shot an innocent boy. They shot Ted Hollister because they thought it was Michael. That's they shot right. him dead. So there's a lot of elements going on. And slowly but surely, your impenetrable fortress and your your protectors are now compromised. Yeah. Um, and again, on Meeker's side, he has this fortress that he left behind. We're good. Everyone's safe. Yeah. Leaving Brady with a shotgun. Don't you rope my daughter. Um, <laughs> everything's good. Meeker's... Meeker's smart. He's like, I got to go take care of the town still. The there's shit going on. I'm the sheriff. I need to protect not only my house, which I have. Now I need to go after the town. So there's a reason that these guys are leaving. There's a reason for it, which in a lot of slasher films, there's never a reason. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go skinny dipping. You know, it's the dumbest reason for everyone to leave. But there's always a decent reason in these films for uh, our protector to leave us. I mean, sure. Uh, you, you're almost... Um you're, you're almost, uh, you forgive what's happening. You know, you forgive it because, yes, it is rooted in some sort of a, okay, I can see that happening. Um, there's a slight homage to the Michael mask being, you know, dimmed behind Laurie. Uh, it's, not, it's not perfect. It's not done particularly well, but it is. It's there. Know, yeah. It's there. He's in the darkness and he kind of peeks and then he kind of, you know, goes away. Uh, but, yeah, it takes us to, you know, to the, to, to, to the end of what we see is going to be, I mean, like to the end of Logan dead, Kelly dead, 
Brady try the worst defender can't get his shotgun right <laughs> dead he gets he gets he gets dead dead like he gets his skull crushed which no effects they just added yeah. effects I mean they just added the sound it's and just the lighting hitting just, the thumb in his cheek basically and then crack so now we have Rachel coming into her own and which is I think the best part of the movie is her straight up defending Jamie from Michael yeah and um Rachel's a badass like yeah. she she really puts it you know puts it all on the line trying to to defend her stepsister and Michael's after them there's an awkward part on the on the uh I say awkward because Michael looks awkward on the roof <laughs> yeah um, they're trying to get away from him yeah. um there's some cool stunts being shot but you know uh eventually they both uh Jamie and Rachel get off the roof leaving Michael up there and I think it's our first real hokey Michael transporting in no time yeah. uh, moment, especially how much he struggled to climb up the roof. Exactly, because you got Will George Wilbur doing his own stunts because he is a stuntman. He's also playing Michael, but he's like with knife in hand and he's just like like trying to claw on top <laughs> of the roof and just walking kind of weird in his Herman Munster shoes. It just yeah. it, it it was a bit clunky. Um, and even then, it's like this is something that if it was maybe the Nick Castle Michael. And even the, the Dick Warlock Michael, he probably would have got them, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they, you know, they're able to get loose, and Rachel's presumed dead. Michael now starts to, you feel terrible because now he's only chasing Jamie, and who does? And I love this scene because Jamie is still in her little clown costume, and there's right. the way she runs is like she goes to Rachel. We think Rachel's dead. She fell off the damn roof. Yeah, like she, a three-story yeah. house. Yeah, about maybe. two or three stories. And so now her all her protectors are gone. And we see Jamie running in this clown costume down like the deserted streets Desert of Houghtonfield. Oh, yes. There's nobody out there to help this little girl. And the boogeyman is chasing her. And it's just this great scene, just the way it was filmed. Like you, like you mentioned before, like you can kind of feel the coldness of the air. You can yep. feel... and. This little girl is in a costume. You know those costumes don't, you know, protect you from no the the cold weather or anything like no, that. The worst. So it's this great little shot of just her running in terror with nobody to help her anymore. And you're like, there's no way that this girl stands any chance. I hope her protector comes, and one does in. Pardon me, in Doctor Loomis, yeah, he uh, gets a jump scare out of us, of course, because that's. Have uh, you noticed he appears a lot like that? Yeah, he does. He, he tries to get us as much as Michael does, the motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Especially with little Jamie. Yeah, he's like, "Where's the schoolhouse?" Yeah. So he's, they, they look for solace in the schoolhouse. Uh, it's where we see one of the biggest gaffes in Halloween history, where. For lack of a better excuse, and actually this is the excuse that the filmmakers got, we see a blonde-haired Michael Myers attack Loomis. Pink and face. Throw, and pink face. <laughs> throw him through a window. And it's like, you know, you're thinking, okay, this must be his twin. Because <laughs> there's no way that this, that, that that happened. There's I, no way. I could have sworn it was the resurrection of Ben Tramer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It yeah. did look like Ben Tramer. Whoa, there's Whoa. something there. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, um, Jamie, helpless, is now down to just herself again. And Michael is is his first time he lays hands on her. He grabs her by the ankle. Again, her protector comes in the form of Rachel, is able to fire extinguish Michael to death, or essentially, you know, 
fire extinguisher and get him yeah. get him off of her and now rachel is uh going to uh save jamie and run straight into the welcoming arms of earl and his band of rednecks God, those are our heroes earl is a hero of earl the is a hero so they're there at the school and it's so funny because as much bravado and and like awesomeness <laughs> that these rednecks have they're like you know where, where's myers he's in the school no don't go in there he'll kill you too jamie says and then they're like and I think Rachel says, uh, just let's, you know, the, the, the state troopers are coming. Let them handle it. <laughs> yeah. And the, they're the friends of Earl. They're like, I don't know where Earl, that sounds damn good to me. I'd be scared shitless too. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to fuck with Michael. I'm out of here, man. Yeah. So they all decide to get up on the truck and head to the checkpoint out of Haddonfield where they look to be safe. Earl and gets on the CB, tells everybody, I got Rachel. I got Jamie. All is clear. And. They're home. on. They're on to off to safety, and then <laughs> they didn't check under the truck. <laughs> Classic Cape Fear. Classic. Um, you got to check under the truck. So nobody assumes that what's about to happen is happening. But Michael is under the truck, climbs onto the back of the pickup where he kills four armed rednecks, stabs them, throws them off. What's gr the great setup about this is that the state troopers go by. Michael must have seen like, oh, great. State troopers are gone. But the last state trooper stops and says, yeah, four more miles up the road. So we know there's a four mile stretch of deserted road. Michael goes, thanks again, guys. Yeah. You gave me everything I need. Great. What's I'm that? already What's, a smart yeah. dude at this point. I'm a smart Michael in this yeah. movie. I don't need extra, but Good. thanks anyway. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for the information. Now I'll attack everyone. And, and there's a, it's like slow motion. He's like stabbing people, like stabbing them on the side, yeah. throwing them off. I'm like, there's a bit of a, there's a choreographing Corey. You know, there's a fight going on here yep. and it was done well in the sense of like, okay, I'm seeing Michael do his thing with his favorite toy, which is the knife, um, kills all the rednecks and like the thumb to the guy's forehead in the beginning, we see the second most grotesque kill in oh. this movie added as an insert for shock value. Michael on mm -hmm. top reaches for um, Earl rips his neck completely off of his head yep. with his bare hands so now rachel is being thrust back into the role she thought she was done with with the night but mm -hmm. it's to save and protect jamie driving the truck around with michael on top does the bit of a swig swag breaks he flies off not before planting his head on the windshield to like break it and be like hello <laughs> <laughs> but um that leads to the 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 final final confrontation with michael and his demise so to speak uh rachel hitting him with the truck he flies 40 feet up in the air and in, in falls straight angle that he could be he looks yeah. like an olympic diver oh yeah it's like greg luganus you know he, he, <laughs> he nailed it um so everyone catches up with rachel like the meeker and the other troopers and everyone's checking that they're all right rachel runs to them but Wait, what did we forget? We forgot to bring somebody. Oh, right. Jamie. Let's go get Jamie. What's Jamie doing? She's uh, touching Michael's hand. Because that connection that we were hinting at is there all along. She's curious. She's trying to do the right thing. That's her uncle. She sure. goes and holds his hand. And in that hold of a hand, we are to believe that there is a transference. Yeah, okay. Or something. Uh, a uh, a passing of the Michaelness of to the her. Evil. The evil is handed the off. The evil is handed off. But Michael stands mm -hmm. up because he's not dead, of course. And this is why Ben Meeker gets the nod over bracket. Meeker with the most awesome assault <laughs> tactical shotgun 
automatic and a bunch of state troopers and the few rednecks that aren't dead <laughs> decide to unload on Michael. Everyone shoots him up like nobody's business to where they shoot him so much. He's dodging left. He's dodging right. And his final shot makes him go like this. <laughs> and he falls into the mine shaft all the way down. And it's where he and all the things curl, you know, fall on top of him. Michael Myers is dead. There's no way he survived this. So everyone's caught their breath back to Jamie's house. The parents are there. The light has been restored. You know, yes. Loomis is alive. You I, know, I have to mention one thing. Okay. About Jamie's house. If you ever notice the creepy ass face at the front door. Oh yeah. And how perfectly lit it is to look even creepier. Yeah. I notice it every time. I'm like, I, it's I like just a, it's like focus a, on it. It's like a devil mask or something, right? It, it's an all white mask. Yeah. I don't know if it's a clown or a devil or something, but they have like a bowl of candy right underneath it. But the the, the fact that this little tiny mask, like it would not fit on our faces. No, no it's no, no, at no. the door at such a low point and it's lit. It's, it's almost like porcelain, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's always got me like this weird, evil face. It is weird. It is weirdly placed. And even then in the documentary, they're like, what's up with that mask? He's like, I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they asked him. He was like, I don't know. I'm talking about the director. Um, Mention and and just to find to to cap it, you think everything is all in well. Jamie and Rachel have survived. Loomis is alive. Meeker is the triumphant hero. So Jamie's stepmom decides she'll run her a bath because she's full of blood and grime and disgust. So uh, runs her a bath, but we don't see Jamie anymore. But we see Jamie's point of view, yes. and it is an homage to Halloween 1978. Yes. The opening with the point of view of getting the knife or in this case getting the scissors what's going on we don't know who this is maybe oh. it's michael is he in the house the mask goes over the lens again yes. oh this is definitely maybe michael and up uh, you know happens on jamie's stepmom S yeah. starts getting stabbed with the with the scissors there's blood curdling scream loomis rushes to see what's going on and what does he see a bloody Jamie Lloyd with scissors in hand, full clown costume with the mask, the darkest, most blank face that Daniel yeah. Harris has done. Yeah. It's so creepy. For a little girl yeah. to like reach in that deep and have that look on her face at the end of that movie is oh, yeah. what sells it. And yeah. she sells so much of this movie. I mean, she she's was phenomenal. Best. I mean, what a wonderful actor beyond her years. Just have to mention that Loomis is like, we got rid of Michael. He sees Jamie do exactly what Michael right. did. And he starts screaming. No, no, no. Over again. Draws his gun. Gonna yeah. shoot her. Yeah. Yeah. Now's the time. Meeker. We're not doing this over again. Nope. <laughs> Gotta get to it soon. <laughs> Meeker stops him, but everyone from Meeker to the stepdad to Rachel to Loomis, they're all just looking in horror at what we see as the final shot. Jamie has now been Michael myers Yes. We passed the torch. What a great way to get away from Michael Myers. And have a whole new series if we want, or or you could end it right there. You could end it right there. Your mind can play the. Your mind will be left to, to fill in the in the blanks. Does she turn into, you know, a serial killer as well, or or does she? Is it just like a, 
whatever. But as we know, there is a continuance and they decide to go. You could go so many ways and yet they found the worst way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, in every aspect, they went the worst direction you could have gone with it. Uh, And it's too bad because the filmmakers on this were asked to come back for four or for five. And they thought, you know what? We're done. Just like they learned their lesson from John Carpenter and said, this is our our piece. This is our art piece. Let's leave it as it is. We've kind of set up where this can go. Let it be. Yeah. And and Dwight Little, the director, has said that Mustafa Akkad asked him every year. Every year to come back. To come back. Because, look, Halloween 4 is a good movie. It's got its flaws. It's, It's an okay, decent as far as being the fourth in a franchise movie, yeah, um, it's one of my favorites, absolutely, uh, personally. And I mean, I think that uh, there are some things about Michael I change and would want different. There are some things about uh, maybe some of the just some of the, the like the, you know the auxiliary characters. Maybe some of them aren't needed, just because like michael myers halloween movies are not body count movies they just are not right that's jason that's anything else that's not halloween he doesn't need a high body count right but you gotta roll with the times slashers in the late 80s and early 90s it's all about high body count so that's very true um and you know shock value so you know that that had its place in there as well but i love this movie um and it you know gave me my first real celebrity crush yeah same here. We're both on that that same page, which is kind of bizarre, but we're the the weird kids that we're, we're the weird kids, man. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Me too. What's your rating? Uh, all right. So uh, I've got uh, my rating system is 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 taking a bit of a of a weird turn. Uh, even though I wanted to maintain pre- prestige, but I'll go. Halloween one is still at five, right? And I put two at four. I put three at three and a half. Yes. Four, I'm going to put at three. What? You like Halloween three better than Halloween four? I told you I don't judge them the same way. I know, but still your rating system is fucked up then. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Three and a half versus a three. I give Halloween four a four flat out. It's just behind Halloween two, um, but real close. I love this movie. Oh man, I you got to work on your rating system. I don't. One. I don't have to at all. <sighs> I know that Halloween 3 is its own movie and is it cannot be judged against the Michael Myers movies. That being said, if it I'm judging it based off of what it is. I can't it, believe I'm giving a higher rating than Halloween 4. I think that's where my shock is. You're giving it a, a low grade. Sure, I mean, no but, so far. Yeah, cuz it gets lower than this. What was your grade for Halloween 2? 4. Four. All right. You see them as equals. Interesting. Yeah. All right. We will be back for Halloween 5. Oh, boy. The tragedy of Michael Myers uh, <laughs> on our next episode. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Blockhead will, will join us. Oh, my gosh. You ruined him. You ruined him for me. So, all right. Next episode on Slasher's Paradise will be Halloween 5. God bless us all. <laughs> <laughs>